Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. One of the meanings for the word bless is eulogio in the Greek where we get our word eulogy. It means to speak well of, which means even when you got situations that you want to speak negative of, I choose to speak well of them. I, I, I dare you to just say something that looks better than the situation you're looking at. I dare you to look at your mess and say, but it's all good. I dare you to look at your problems and say, but it's all good. Speak well of. Ah, lift your Bibles out tonight. Y'all ready to get into the Word? We're going to get right into it tonight. We welcome those on all of our campuses, those here and those uh, uh, online on the Internet campus. Lift your Bibles as you remain standing. We're going to get right into the Word. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This Word teaches me that I am... <coughs> Uh huh. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Remain standing if you would. Go to, I want you to go to John chapter 10. I'm going to do part two of where we were last week. I encourage you, if you were not here uh, last Wednesday Night Live, that you get, <coughs> excuse me, that you get part one to this teaching that we're going to be in tonight. So it sets the foundation for you. I'll review a little bit, but not, not too much so we can get into the meat of where we're going tonight. John chapter 10, the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And I used to have a way uh, to, to, sometimes when you're learning scriptural things and biblical things, sometimes you got to use systems to help you remember. So I used to have a rhyming system. I used to say, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I am an Olympian. Now, so, <laughs> so sometimes that's what you got to do while you're learning. John chapter 10, verse 26, here it is. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. 
My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal light, and they shall what? Never perish. But watch this. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Now, now please understand, while, while, while nothing can snatch you out of God's hand, you can certainly jump out of it. You can remove yourself from the protection, and you can remove yourself from the blessing of God. Say, I don't want that. I want to be in the hand, and I want to hear the voice. Father, speak with clarity tonight as we go into your word tonight. I pray that you would open up the spirit of every person under the sound of my voice to receive with clarity from your word tonight, God. Speak like you always do in this house, so much so that the individuals that are hearing this would think that there's been a camera in their house, that somebody's been telling their business, that somebody's been saying something. Speak tonight so that we have a supernatural experience, not with a man, but a supernatural experience with the God of men, with the God that made men, with the God that is the great. I am a year I share a year I will prove that which I am to be and we honor you for it in Jesus name shout hallelujah as you take your seats encourage somebody say discovering God's voice tell them that discovering God's voice you can be seated. Now, <clears throat> as we're getting into this, uh, I want to do a, some very quick review uh, from where we were on last Wednesday. And again, if you were not here, you, you've got to get the CD. Uh, but there's lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretations of God's voice. Now, Jesus, as he's giving, as he's make, speaking in John chapter 10, he's saying that his sheep know his voice. Uh, but understand, I, I talked to you this last week, that one of the conditions and one of the reasons why the Bible uses the imagery of sheep and shepherds uh, is because of one of the characteristics of a shepherd with a sheep. And one of those things you remember I taught you uh, was that the shepherd would have the shepherd's what? Shepherd's staff. And on one end, it was hooked or crooked so that when a sheep got a little out of control and when a sheep started wandering a little bit, the shepherd could snatch him back up. And remember, I told you last week, anybody ever been on the other side of a snatch up? I know y'all don't do those in Denver, but where I'm from, uh, when, the, when the children got a little out of line, sometimes the parent just had to just snatch you up a little bit. Y'all know, y'all don't know nothing about snatch ups here, uh, but where I'm from, sometimes you just had to say, come here, because you're getting a little beside yourself, so let me help you find the right way. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And you ought to be glad because some of y'all, the reason why you're doing right today is because you got snatched up back then. They just said, now I'm not encouraging abuse or none of that. I'm just saying every now and then, sometimes you just need a good snatch up. You just, okay. The shepherd would use it and he'd snatch the sheep back. But when he would snatch the sheep back, the bottom of the shepherd's staff was very firm and he'd use it to break the legs of the sheep, to teach the sheep uh, that it was not about the will of that sheep, but it was about the will of that shepherd. And so what the shepherd would do is he would break the legs of the sheep so that the sheep was now impaired and it could not walk without the assistance, watch this, of the other sheep and without the direction of the shepherd. So in scripture, when we see this imagery of God being a shepherd and we being sheep and then God giving you as a sheep an earthly shepherd when we see this imagery this imagery is there because there is this understanding that whenever you get beside yourself you get snatched up and that whenever your will is more important than God's will he has to break it and that's why some of you, some of the stuff that you went through in life felt like, oh my goodness, I'm being broken. Exactly. God said, I'll let whatever happens need to happen to you so that I can break your will. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. So sometimes that means the relationships that you built your life on have to fail. Sometimes that means that the job that you put your trust in has to let you high and dry because God says, whatever I need to do to break your legs, baby, you can believe I'm going to break your legs because it's not going to be your will, but it's going to be God's will. But sometimes to a accomplish that he has to destroy your will are you hearing what I'm saying 
Now, and we talked last week very quickly for purposes of review. We talked last week about some misunderstandings and misinterpretation of God's voice. And so people say things like, well, if God doesn't want it to happen, he'll stop it. That's not true. We talked about that. We said things like uh, how people say, well, everything happens for a reason. You ever said that? Be honest. You ever said that? And then and you meant real good spiritual sense out of that. Everything happens. Right. The reason is you did it. That's why it's happened. I mean. If I push this off of the thing, water's going to spill on the floor. And I, well, I guess that was God's will. He didn't stop it. That's foolish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, we also talked, we talked about that last week. We talked about how people say, well, I'm enduring abuse for the glory of God. That's not spiritual. That's not godly. So we talked about those things. Now watch this. Knowing, we said knowing, last week, knowing a person's voice comes with prolonged relationship and knowing what to look for since they're always, how many people talking? Four people talking. Now, when you deal with prolonged relationship, have you ever been able to call somebody and you're in such a relationship with them that you don't even have to identify them by name? You just get on the phone and say, hey, y- y'all, y'all not, are, y- are y'all here tonight? Do y'all speak the King's English? <clears throat> so, sometimes you don't even have to say, uh, hello, how you doing? Good day, good morning, uh, hola. Sometimes you ain't got to say that because you have such an established relationship with that individual. Sometimes the only thing you just do is get on the phone, hey. What you doing? What's going on? What's happening? And some of y'all, you, you skip past all of the preambles. You say, where are you at? Y'all ain't going to. Because you have such an established, watch this, relationship with the person that when you hear the voice, you've already established the prerequisites. You're not hearing me. And so as you begin to discover and understand the voice of God, it works the same way. So when you have a prolonged relationship, say prolonged relationship. You'll know what to look for in the voice. Now, because too often, and we said this last week, people are looking for a burning bush experience to speak to them clearly in their pursuit of God's voice. People are wanting to have a Moses experience where they go out and say, you know what? I I looked up at the sky and the sky parted. That ain't happening. More than likely. I'm not saying it can't. I'm just saying you, you just don't hold your breath for that. Sometimes people look for, for very weird and awkward ways for God if, God, if that's you, then let the radio station switch right in the middle of while I'm on this other station. <laughs> you, you asking for magic tricks. That's what you're asking for. You don't even got. Now, now, remember, we talked about this. We, we said this, and this is so important before we get into the new material for the day. What you really want talks the loudest. What you really want talks a lot. This is the reason why you can give somebody advice and they not heed your advice. And the reason they don't heed your advice is because they don't want what it is you're trying to sell. Okay, y'all not going to hear what I'm saying. So this is why you can try to tell somebody, listen, man, I've been down that road. Don't do this. I'm telling you that's bad news. Don't go that direction. And they'll sit up and say, mm-hmm, you're right, you're right. And then go right out and do the exact opposite of what it is that you just said. Why? They didn't want what you were saying in the first place. That's why I said it's dangerous when you call yourself being a counselor and giving advice to people because what you're really setting yourself up is for disappointment in them. And so then you'll go around and say, see, I don't trust nobody. I don't believe nobody. You know why you don't trust nobody? It's because you were angry that they didn't take what you said and knew to be fact that they didn't put it into play. But they didn't have the capacity to put it into play because they didn't want to hear what you were saying in the first place. I can get no help from this side. So maybe y'all will get saved tonight because I, I don't know what's going on with them over there. Normally I can depend on them. So I've said to you last week, I said, be careful the stuff that, that, that you call yourself giving advice to people, especially in marital relationships. Be careful when, when, when ladies, when your girlfriend calls you and he ain't this and he ain't that and he ain't that because she's going to make up with him. 
But now you're going to have an art with him. You're going to have an issue with him. And then she'll turn on you. And say, you just don't want me to be happy. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You just don't want me to be happy. You just, you just mad because you ain't got nobody. And you're trying to say, well, six weeks ago, you wasn't talking like that. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Forget all of y'all. I'm preaching to the internet people. Somebody at their house is shouting right now. Because whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. I, listen, you can be on a health kick all day long. You can be on a health kick all day long. But when you drive past and smell the smell of a Burger King original, original chicken sandwich, I'm just talking about myself. Because I don't know what they put in it. It's probably just that MSG that's talking to me. But let me tell you, it's some powerful MSG. I don't know what they, they put something else in there. They put some heroin in there. They put something in there. I'm telling you. <laughs> so you can say, oh, I just need a salad. You can say that all you want. But if you really want that chicken sandwich, you are going to convince yourself, well, it's just one sandwich. But I went bike riding the other day, so it ain't no, you know, I figured I worked it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Because what you really want is what's talking the loudest. So when you're trying to talk about God's voice, it's very interesting because Christians are notorious for lying on God. Now, this is Wednesday, so I'm presupposing your spiritual maturity. So if you're not, please don't be offended. Just grow up real fast. Come on. Christians are notorious. God said this. And you know why they say that stuff to people? Because then you can't argue with the reality of what they said. I've heard people sit up and say all kind of crazy stuff. Well, the Lord told me this. And I'm saying, like I ended last week, if you talk to God as much as you say you talk to God, why does your life look the way it looks? Because, okay, so let's rewind. Let's go back to last Wednesday. Okay, here we go. I ended last Wednesday saying, if you had a direct connection to President Obama, not the chief of staff, not none of the cabinet, if you could talk to the man himself, Okay, what well, well, this? And he, and he answers you on his private Blackberry. Come on, we're doing rewind. And, and you just, since you got relationship with him, you don't even say, hey, how you doing, Mr. President? You just be like, where y'all at? <laughs> what Shoshone am doing? Tell Michelle, I like that new hairdo she got going on. It really worked. I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but she's she doing it. She's doing it. The point I made to you last weekend is this, is if you had a direct connection with that level of power, and if you were speaking directly to that level of power, shouldn't something about your life look presidential? Why didn't we see you at the inauguration? I'm just saying, they couldn't have ran out of tickets if you that tight with him. No, y'all are missing the point that I'm saying. So Christians that go around talking about they're having all of these audible conversations with God all day, you need to just say, are you sure? And we're going to look at this in just a moment because that's not God's primary way of communicating. And I hear Christians say all kind of stuff. The Lord told me this. I'm just saying that that's just God ain't said nothing to you. Have your seat. Because if he said that to you, then I'm certain that he's been saying a lot of stuff to you. So either you're just disobedient or you didn't hear from him. See, now y'all, see, now watch. So now the middle section then dropped out on me. Jesus, healing hands, touch and deliver. Healing hands, touch and make hold. 
So what's the point I'm making? What's the point I'm making? Whatever you really want talks the loudest. So if you really want, I, I've had people come to me uh, about marital relationships. And, uh, and, 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 you know, they say, well, what do you, th- you know, what do you think about this? And I tell them, here's the problem. If they really, really want to be with that person, they're going to find a way to usurp the wisdom that they asked for. See, yeah. www.whatever.com. So, so if they really, really want to be with that person, they will ignore all of the wisdom. And then they'll just say, I know how I'll keep anybody from questioning what I say. God told me. The Lord told me to do that. The Lord told me to do that. The Lord told me to do that too. And so then they do somebody wrong. Well, the Lord told me to do that. And then you say, well, how could he tell you to do that? I don't know. That's the Lord. It's the same thing when people say, the devil made me do it. Okay. Whatever you really want, whatever you really want talks the loudest. So then that's why we started last week discovering that our prayer has to consistently be, God, not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because if, if it's my will that I really want, it's going to talk louder than his will. And the question I posed to you last week is how many mistakes have you made? Because what you really wanted was talking and you called it God. Four people talking. We learned last week. We'll move. We'll move. Four people talking. One we discovered last week is you talking to yourself, manifesting your own will in a third person's voice. We talked about that last week. Uh, Then second, we talked about people's unbiblical opinions replaying in your mind. Uh, Some some of y'all still quoting stuff that's not in the Bible that somebody told you. Well, cleanliness is close to godliness. That ain't in the Bible. Now, I ain't saying stinkiness is close to godliness, but what I'm (laughs) saying. Then the third thing we discovered last week, the third person that can be talking is Satan talking. And he mixes truth and fiction to spawn subtle disobedience. And he deceives by giving incomplete truth. And we looked at Genesis chapter 3 where the scripture says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. And we discovered uh, that in Hebrew, the word serpent means deceiver, not snake. And he was not a snake. He was a deceiver. And for those of you that are perhaps a little bit more advanced, he looked like a man. Genesis chapter 19. So he was a man with a double tongue. Okay. All right. We'll leave that alone. That's Bible college level stuff. I don't think y'all ready for that. And then the fourth thing we discovered last week, and this is where we ended, is the fourth thing that can be speaking is God speaking. Bingo. That's what we're looking for. Now, we talked about this, and I want to restate it so we get it. And then we're going to look at the five ways that God does speak, the five ways that God does speak. From less less frequent to most frequent. But but listen to this. God's voice, hear me, is God's leading. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. And most often it does not appear, hear me, in an audible voice. Most often it does not appear in an audible voice. If you're waiting, because some people say, well, I ain't done nothing in my life because I'm waiting on God. Because they're waiting on Tyrone. (laughs) This is God. Sit over there. You have to understand that when he speaks, okay, can, 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 I, can I show you something real quick? Go to Hebrews 12. Let me show you something real quick. Let me show you why he doesn't use audible 
an audible voice is his primary method of communication. Hebrews chapter number 12. Because when he speaks, you got to understand, you're not just talking uh, to, to, to your friend. You, 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 you're not just talking to, you know, a buddy. Do you understand that? Hebrews chapter 12, you got it? Go to, uh, go get down to voice number 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. And you see him is capitalized there so we can ascertain from that that we're talking about who? God. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Watch this. For if they did not escape uh, who refused him who spoke on earth, much more we shall not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Watch this. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things that, which cannot be shaken may remain. Now, 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 Bishop, why are you showing us that? When God speaks, he's not just going to whisper a little something, something. When he does speak audibly, you can rest assured he's getting ready to shake everything that can be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken remains. So when God speaks, it's kind of a big deal. And obviously, you see the level of facetiousness I have when I say kind of a big deal. It's, it's a big deal. When he speaks, things move, things happen, things shake. That's the reason why the scripture says he's not a son of a man that he should lie. What does that mean? Because whatever he speaks, it becomes. You don't understand what I said. The reason he can't lie is because whatever he says, it becomes that which he has said. Therefore, changing what was not into what he said it was to be. Which means that's why when he stepped out and said, let there be, well, there wasn't, but there became. Because whatever he says, it is. Which means then whenever God speaks, he's not just speaking to run his mouth. He's not just speaking to gossip. He's speaking because he's trying to change something. He's speaking because he's trying to shake something. Watch this. So, 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 so if he was to say to you, if you got a purple dress on and he was to say to you, that dress is blue, that dress would then become what he said because he cannot lie, which means what he said will become just to support the fact that he can't lie. Uh, now, 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 so that's why he doesn't use an olive voice as his primary method of communication because of the unintended on our end consequences that come with that do you understand this okay now now let's look at this there there are five ways say five ways there there are five ways in in which God spoke that we see the precedent set in the scripture do you get this now but before we get into those I want to say this again there were very few times that God spoke audibly to someone hear me that wasn't in a prominent leadership role in the scripture now if he's the same God today yesterday and forevermore then the way he did it in the bible is the same way he's doing it today just because we have technology that does not change the truth of the scripture y'all not y'all not hearing what i'm saying see he's not on twitter but i follow him he's not on facebook but i like him He's not on Instagram, but I see him all the time. All right, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In Scripture, say the Bible. 
His precedence was primarily to reserve his audible voice to a set man or woman of God. Now, that's not to say he can't do that, but I'm going to show you. We're going to walk through it. Now, listen to me. God often guides by what he does not provide. Your limitations are the biggest thing speaking to you now. Because your limitations cause you to have to have innovation. See, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. See, if, if, if when you were growing up and, and, and maybe, you, maybe you had a little bit of struggle in your family, and don't you be ashamed of it today. I know you bougie and doing well now, living in your 814 zip code and got your 2.3 children and your annual household income of $72,453 a year. I understand that. But maybe some of you, there was a day in your life where the only thing you had was government peanut butter. Okay, ain't none of y'all going to have, I guess ain't none of y'all. Maybe there was a day in your life where, you know, that peanut butter was anointed because it had that oil that rested on the top of it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Maybe, maybe some of y'all remember eating cornflakes where it told you that's all it was, corn to flakes. Okay, y'all don't know nothing about that here. Watch this. Watch this. Your limitations cause you to have to innovate. Your limitations cause you to innovate. So God often guides by what he does not provide. And the mistake many of us make is we're wishing he would provide something different, not understanding that he's guiding by not providing. Uh, did you get that? How many, ways, how many ways does he speak? Five through the scriptures. So the fifth way, I'm going to go the, to the most infrequent to the most frequent. Fifth way, you ready? Angelic visitation. Angelic visitation. Now, you see, this is, this, is the, this is the most infrequent that we see in the Scripture. Go to Genesis chapter 19. Now, if y'all will help me, we're going to have some fun tonight. Genesis chapter 19, and get down there to verse number 1. Genesis chapter 19, get down to verse number 1. Genesis, gene assist, gene, the origin of this dispensation or this age or this time. Genesis 19, verse 1. Say angelic, angelic. visitation. Now, listen, just because you see an image of Jesus in your toast. Oh, when you were in your pancakes the other day, you said, that looked like the Lord. God's trying to tell me something. He's trying to tell you to eat the rest of your food before it gets cold. Genesis 19, verse number 1. Watch this. Now, the two angels, angels means messengers, came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now, Lot's name, by the way, coincidentally, for those of you who are note takers and those of you who are not note takers, write this down as well. Uh, Lot means hidden motives. In Hebrew, the word Lot, the name Lot means hidden motives. It is the same reason why when Abraham left uh, their, their familiar country in Genesis chapter 12, God said, don't take anybody from your bloodline. Uh, and the reason was is because while Abraham called his nephew Lot, he didn't know that his Lot's name meant hidden motives. So God would not even speak to Abraham until Lot was gone. There, there's some stuff that perhaps God is saying, I've not let that happen in your life yet because you got some lots around you. And as long as you got some lots around you, they're going to taint what I'm trying to do. You better hear me. Uh, God does not let, when you're having a baby, ladies, they don't let everybody into the birthing room. They don't let everybody into the delivery room. In fact, they become very discriminatory about who can come in because they don't want your baby to be tainted by the influences that 
that are around it. So some of you, you feel like, I feel like I'm isolated. I feel like I'm by myself. Good, baby. That means you're getting ready to give birth to something. That means something's getting ready to pop off in your life. Something's getting ready to happen for you. And God says, until you get rid of your lot, I ain't got nothing to say. That was for free. I'm not even charging for that. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed him, uh, himself with his face toward the ground. So you understand we have two angels here, right? Now, now, I want you to see how powerful this is. You ready? Verse 2. And he said, hear now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house or come to my house and, and stay tonight. Let's have a sleepover. And wash your feet before you come in. <laughs> then you can get up early, and then you can go and be about your business. In other words, he was saying, I ain't getting up all early in the morning. Y'all can go about that yourself. I ain't doing that. And they said, no, we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him or came to his house and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked them unleavened bread, and they ate, uh, which would be matzah. Uh, the equivalent for you and I today would be salt-free, saltine crackers, <laughs> if that makes sense. They can't put the salt on. But now, now look at verse 4. Now, before they lay down, watch this, check this. The men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. Check this out. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men? Missed it. Missed it. Go back to verse 1. Read it. One, two, ready, read. Now the two angels. Stop. Verse 5. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the two men? Missed it. Do it again. Verse 1. Now the two angels came, verse 5, and Lot said to them, uh, where are the two men? Whenever an angelic or divine or celestial being appears in the earth realm, they are not coming with wings. So that, that gets rid of a lot of stuff. Your friend was telling you, I saw an angel at the foot of my bed the other day, and they were this tall and they had wings. They lying, they lying, they lying, they lying. God, they lying. That was a dream. That's what that was. That wasn't no visitation. You can dream about anything. You turn the right music on when you go to sleep, you'll have dreams about all kind of stuff. They said, and, and they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that, uh, that we bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. Now, uh, that's a real nice Hebrew way of saying they wanted to have some inappropriate talking. Got it? Now, now, check this out. Whenever there's an angelic visitation, it is not going to come in some silhouette kind of a being. It is going to appear in the earth realm as a human being. Do you see this? Lot was able to discern that they were angels, but the natural people could not discern that. They just appeared as men to them. Okay, so when the, the, this is the most infrequent way that God speaks to people is through angelic visitation. And when he does that, it is not going to be some silhouette being. It's going to be a human being. But when this human being speaks, they're going to speak things that it's impossible that they would know other than they've been sent. I told you earlier, angel means what? Messenger. That they've been sent with a message. That's why, in the, can I teach you a little bit more about this? That, that's why in the New Testament, in Revelation, as the Apostle John is writing to the churches, he says, to the angel at the house of thus and so. Because in the New Testament, this word angel translates directly into the word pastor. 
Okay. All right. All righty. Okay. All right. So, so, so the fifth way is angelic visitation. That's the most infrequent. That's not to say it can't happen, but when it does happen, it will be through the form of a human being that will know things that it's impossible for them to know except that God gave them the knowledge to bring you a message. Message. Fourth thing, fourth way that God speaks. Y'all still with me? Fourth way that God speaks, through something or someone you would not expect. (laughs) Let's go to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. He speaks through something or someone you would not expect. You ever been talking to an idiot and they say something smart? No, you can be honest. Listen, some people are just, come on now. Now, idiot just means self-destructive. That's all it is. You've been talking to somebody that would be the last person you'd take any kind of information from, and then they say something, and you're like, hmm, where you get that from? You know, who book you and read and got that? Because you know you don't know what you're talking about. Numbers chapter 22. Let's look at this. Numbers chapter 22. We're talking about discovering God's voice. Something through something or someone you would, uh, you would not expect. Numbers chapter 22. Go to verse number 21. Got it? Y'all got it? So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went uh, with the princes of Moab. Moab in Hebrew means from the father. Generational curses, iniquity. Verse 22, then God's anger was aroused because he went and the messenger of the Lord took his stand in the way as an, watch this, as an adversary against him. You missed it. Balaam was getting ready to go against God. Do you see this? So then an angel of the Lord comes in order to oppose Balaam. Which means sometimes, watch this, it's a unique conundrum or tough problem that we face. Because sometimes when you face opposition, it's because you're doing the exact right thing. And sometimes when you face opposition, it's because you're doing the exact wrong thing. Okay. So don't think every time something comes against you, it's saying, oh, the devil's just trying to stop me. Maybe you're going against God. Okay. They shouting on the computer. Jesus of Nazareth. Hmm. Verse 23. Now, watch this. The donkey. Now, you know what the King James calls it? Okay. But I don't want no crazy emails. So we're going to call it a donkey. Unless God tells me. <laughs> now, but, but, because see, sometimes God will speak to you through a but. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You wouldn't expect God to say something through a but. And not B-U-T. Two T's. Now, the But. Saw the angel of the Lord. Now, you understand here, Lord is all caps, which means that's God's what? Covenant name, his real name. God is not God's name. God is a title from the 6th century word, Gudan. So when we see Lord, it is literally what the Hebrews, I got this on, so now I can do it. The tetragrammaton, that finger never goes down. What the Jews would do, you know this, you've seen me do it a million times. They would not utter his name because what does the Ten Commandments say? Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. So 
God is not God's name. So that, that's, you're not taking the name of the Lord in vain. But this is God's name. So what they did, Y-H-W-H. So the Hebrews created a symbol. So when they were speaking to one another, it was like sign language. They would just say praise Tetragrammaton, see? Yud, hey, wav, hey. Y-H-W-H. Got it? Now, now, sometimes when they were being more casual with one another, they would just, because they understood the power of the name. So they didn't just use the name casually. They understood that when they said that name, just like when that name spoke, that something was getting ready to go down. So, so they wouldn't say, did you pray to Yud, hey, wav, hey today? No, they would say, did you pray to the name? Okay, here we go. So, the angel of yad heh Now, some of you are saying, Bishop, what is the significance of that? Whatever you see, Lord, in all caps in your scripture, in your Bible, that's because whatever it is, is very important to God. So much so that he used his full name. Parents, when you use your child's full name, you know it's something getting ready to go down. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? Christopher Michael Williams, you better... <laughs> Prince Jones, you better. <laughs> or whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> so God uses his what? His real name. So that's telling you something's getting ready to go down. You can meet me at the church. It's going down. You can meet me at the, It's going down. Standing in the way with his, watch this, drawn sword in his hand. Do you see how his is capitalized? Which means the angel there was not an angel, it was God. Balaam was getting ready to do something that was, he thought was good, but it wasn't God. Can I give you all a little revelation? Can I give you just a little? Okay. So, so look, 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 this is, this is, this, this is just, this is just for those that like to be revelated too. Verse 21, look at it. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his butt, and went, watch this, with the princes of Moab. Check this out. He was getting ready, watch this, I told you Moab means what? From the father, generational curses. He was getting ready to perpetuate a generational curse. He was getting ready to walk down the same path his daddy did. He was getting ready to walk down the same path his mama did. So God says, I'm not having that anymore in your bloodline. So God says, if you're going to do it, you got to come through me. All right. All right. Here we go. Back to our regular schedule teaching. Here we go. Verse 23. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in his way with his sword uh, in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So, so you understand? So Balaam's on the donkey. The donkey's going. The bailiff like, no, I ain't going to be able to do that. The Lord is in front of us. The butt saw what the believer didn't see. See, that's why this is something you wouldn't expect. It's something you wouldn't expect. So the butt saw what the believer didn't see. So check this out. Uh, uh, and the donkey turned aside out of the way, and he goes into the field. So they just ride and ride and ride and ride. The donkey's like, mm, and turns on to the side. So then Balaam, watch this. He hits the donkey and says, get back on the road. Because he didn't have the ability to perceive that he was getting ready to go down the same road that has destroyed his daddy and his daddy's daddy and his daddy's daddy's daddy. He didn't understand he was getting ready to perpetuate something generational. He couldn't even perceive it. 
Okay. That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Verse 24. Here it is. Verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards. So now donkey gets back on the road. They're going. So the angel switches places. So the angel now stands in a narrow place. And the angel says, well, you ain't going to be able to get around me this time. You turn to the side, but this time it's going to be me and you. Now, remember, the believer can't see what the butt can. God. Look at it. And verse 25, and when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall so that where she crushed his foot. Crushing feet, breaking legs. Stopping will. Oh, come on. Get on the big bus with me. God used the butt to break his will. It's some people you got in your life that you don't enjoy. And it's some circumstances you got in your life that you don't enjoy. And God says, but I'm using that butt to break your will. They're like sandpaper. They're refining you. And the situation is like sandpaper. It's just working your nerve and working you down because it's trying to break your who am I talking to it's trying to break your will but look at what he did the butt saw what the believer couldn't see so he hits her again look look look, look. He, he he strikes her again verse 26 then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place watch this where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left hand and when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. She just said, well, if I can't go this way, if I can't go that way, I'm just going to sit down. Look what he does. He uses his staff to strike her. God, I don't have time to teach that, but he, he tries to impose his ungodly will. Okay. All right. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Leave it alone. Look at what it says. Verse 28. Then the Lord. I wish I had people in here that. You ain't even got to love the Lord, but can you just read? I just. Then yud hey wav hey. I am. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Sidkenu. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the butt. God, I want to say that other word. <laughs> and then look at what she does. She turns her head around. What did I do to you? That you've hit me these three times. And then watch this. In, in, in almost a, 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 an expected way, Balaam turns and looks at the donkey and says, Because you abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand because I'd kill you now. So the donkey, the butt, said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you've ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, well, you, no. Sometimes when things don't make sense, they don't make sense because God's using a butt to say to you what you want. 
He said, no, verse 31, it says, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and then he saw that he was opposing God. The angel of the Lord standing in his way with his uh, drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head, and he fell flat to his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because you're perverse toward me. He says, you're going against me and you're thinking you're going with me. So the only way I could speak to you is through something that was unconventional because you were so prideful, you would not even open your eyes to see or to hear what I was trying to say. Aren't you glad that even when you get beside yourself that God says, I'll find a way to speak to you. If I got to make a donkey talk, I'll make a donkey talk. If I got to make a cow jump, I'll make a... He said, he said, he said, he said, I come out to stand against you because your way is perverse toward me. The donkey saw me and turned aside for me these three times. If she had not turned aside for me, oh, I sure would have killed you. Let me take it to Watts. I would have killed you. And I would have let her live. You, You missed the power of what was just said. God said, had I not used that jack butt... Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Maybe y'all going to say, had I not used that jack butt. Okay, maybe over here. Had I not used that jack butt, I would have killed you. You would have died in that accident. You would have died from that overdose. You would have died from that situation. But I used something you didn't expect to speak to you. God, I wish I had somebody in here said, I used something you didn't even expect me to use. You, you, you wouldn't expect that. And he said, had I not used it, I would have killed you. That would have been all she wrote. And murder would have been the case that they gave me. Okay. <laughs> now, 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 listen to this. I, I want you to see this. You said, Bishop, how does this work in my life today? Listen to me. It isn't God necessarily speaking audibly. Listen to me. It is God revealing a principle to you. It's God revealing a principle to you. Do you understand that? What was the principle he revealed to Balaam? It's implicit. He was saying, the only way I could get to you was to use something unconventional. So what I did is I used something unconventional to to speak to you. What was the principle? When pride is up, I can't use conventional methods to speak to you because what you really want talks the loudest. So when pride is in control, you're in control. So you'll say, I said that which I did not say to justify that which you should not do. But could we just take 15 seconds and just thank God for the fact that even when we let our pride get in the way, He says, I'll find some kind of way. I'll make a way out of no way to speak to you. I got to move. I'm out of time. Will y'all let me borrow 10 minutes? Third thing. Y'all going to get to me? I'm going to take it. I mean, I got the mic, so. Third way. Now, remember, we're moving from the most infrequent to the most frequent. Third way. Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. Okay. 
prayer and worship. Prayer and worship is two-way communication. That's why if you can, if you can ever, uh, of course, midweek, I understand people coming off work and stuff like that. But on the weekend, for most people, that's not the case. So, so I'd encourage you to do your best to not miss the praise and worship part of the worship experience. Why? Because what you don't understand is, is that's the only part out of the experience he gets or he receives. What do you mean by that? God is not sitting up listening to the word and saying, God, don't keep preaching. <laughs> I did not know that. Hold on, open that back up. Michael, what did he say? <laughs> he is the word. Do you understand? So he's not getting anything out of the word. So the things that God gets out of the worship experience are your worship and then your giving. But what happened to be some of the two areas or the two areas that most people sometimes don't participate the most in their worship and their giving. So what they miss out on is a conversation. God says, exchange your tithe, offering, and first fruit for me to give you an idea. Exchange your tithe, offering, y'all ain't going to say nothing. Exchange that for me to have a conversation with you that gives you wisdom that you could not get except through me. And when God gives you wisdom, he will give you a shortcut to get to places that took other people 10, 15, 20 years. But baby, when you worship and baby, when you give, there is a two-way exchange going on. That's why one of the words for worship in Hebrew, it means yada, extend your hands. Extend your hands in such a way that you are not only offering something, but you are also receiving something. Prayer and worship. It's two-way communication. Now, I've taught on that before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. There's series in the, in the bookstore and cafe about that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, reteach that, so I encourage you to get that. Here's the second way God speaks to you. Now, in Denver, I know y'all like to bypass this next one. Mm-hmm, but I'm going to teach you the truth whether you want to hear it or not because I don't work for you. <laughs> you can't afford me. When, when you're at your job, you, 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 listen, when you do a good job, you need to think the same way. So listen, I'm not working for that check. This isn't my source. This is my resource. You can't afford me. <laughs> That's why I live to give so I can live off of my giving. All right. All right. Watch this. Uh, go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. So the, the, the second way, so we went from 5, 4, 3, 2. So the second way is your pastor. Oh, goodness. See, I, I know y'all in this region. I didn't figure y'all out now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Um, and, and I'm going to show you a powerful principle here. Um, I'm going to show you a powerful principle. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Got it? And I will give you shepherd, shepherd, that Greek word there uh, in many places where the word shepherd is, there's a Greek, or excuse me, a Hebrew word, Hebrew for uh, Genesis through Malachi, Greek for Matthew through Revelation. It says, and I will give you shepherds. One of the Hebrew words for shepherd is pakad, which means pastor, okay, Uh, P-A-Q-A-D, according to my, What? And we understand heart in the Hebrew is the word leb, which means what? Mind, thought, will, emotion. Check this out. God says, I'm going to give you a pastor according to my mind, my thoughts, my will, and how I feel about it. Which means, let's just get something clear. You didn't pick me. 
and I didn't pick you. He picked us. You didn't hear what I just said. He said, I'm going to give you what I want the way I want you to have it. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to feed you with knowledge and then understanding. They're two different things because you can know but not understand, which means you're not empowered to do. He says, so I'm going to give you somebody that can not only teach you so that you know things, but they can show you how to apply things so you can do things. Got that? Now, now, now check this out. Can I, can I show you something about this voice? But before I show you something about this voice, uh, this is why you should come to church, watch this, with expectation. R- write that down. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, just write it in your mind. <laughs> come to church with expectation. Hear me, and God will always answer every question. Do I have any witnesses in here? He'll answer every question you were wondering about. He'll answer it through the message. Now, the message could have been about spiritual gifts. And your question was about whether or not you should stay in that relationship or whether or not you should take that job. But somehow God will take the words of a human being and he'll navigate through those words to speak specifically to your situation. Do I have anybody to speak specifically to your situation? Baby, I ain't got the Holy Ghost. I guess I got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it right this time because I messed it up. I'm not guessing. I'm ghosting. Now, can I show you something about the power of this? Oh, no. Okay. Go, go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel. I told this to a lady who, who had just been evidently just not taught well, and, and that's the majority of the body of Christ in this region. And I don't mean that in an arrogant or pretentious way. It, it's just there, there are certain things that this region... There's a, there's a lot of hype in this region with a little substance. High carbs, low protein. And then the one, and, and, oh God, I don't want to sound. And then, okay, I will. So then, so then, <laughs> see, see, that's all I needed was just a little substance. And, and then the ones who are given protein is stale. So you can't eat tainted meat. Okay. Okay. See, the word self-authenticates. Okay. Can, can I show you something? Can, can, can I show you? Can, 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 are you sure? Where did I tell you to go? First Samuel? Okay, go to chapter 3. I want you to see something. Now watch this. Because the question becomes when people, when people say, I heard God. I heard God. The question becomes, what did he sound like? Now, have you ever thought about that question? People say, the Lord spoke to me. Well, what did he sound like? But, I mean, did he sound like Charlton Heston? I mean, did he sound like whoever was playing the voice of God? Did he sound, did he sound like your cousin Nim? For those of you uh, in Denver, you're not familiar with cousin Nims. Cousin Nims is a, is a uh, southern colloquialism, which means your cousin and the others. Everybody has a cousin them. What did he sound like? And I ask people this question. People say, Bishop, the Lord was speaking to me last night. And the Lord told me A, B, C, and D. And I said, what did he sound like? I, I, just, I just heard him. But you can't describe what he sounded like? How did you hear something and you can't remember what it sounded like, yet you purport to remember what it said? No, then, you, then we got a problem here. We, our facts are a little out of line here. 
1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. You got it? Now the boy Samuel ministered to, you know that name now, before Eli. Now Eli was the, was the set man of God. He was the set prophet in this time. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Next verse. And it came to pass that at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, come on, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down. So look at me. Let me set the stage for you. So what happens is, is y'all remember Penina? Y'all remember Penina? Penina had issues with who? Hannah. Hannah was teasing Penina. You ain't got no kids. You ain't got no kids. I got a bunch of kids. Now it's the opposite now, right? In today's culture, you know, okay, y'all don't want to, okay. All right. Now we got, you know, mama got to have a life, two mamas now, you know. Now, so, so watch this. Hannah was teasing Penina in chapter one. She was teasing her and she was saying, she was saying, uh, listen, you know, you don't have any kids. She was taunting her. She was teasing her. She was her adversary. And Penina cries out to the Lord. She says, God, if you give me a child, I'm going to dedicate him to you. I'm going to give him back to you. The child she has is Samuel. So then she gives Samuel to the Lord. But to give Samuel to the Lord, she takes Samuel to a man of God to teach him not just how to be a man, but how to be a man of God. So now Samuel is sitting with the man of God. He's in the man of God's home. He's learning the things of God. He's learning the word of God. And now Samuel's laying down, taking a nap. So everybody on the same page with me? Go to verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel. Watch it. And he said, here I am. Now, called there would be a what kind of voice? Audible voice. Who, who did it? God did. Got it? But look at this next verse. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And Sam, Eli says, I didn't call you. Lie down. Y'all missed it. Go, go to verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am. Verse 5. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, because you called me. I don't have nobody that speaks to King Jesus in here. When Samuel heard God's voice, God's voice sounded like his man of God's voice. Now, some of you saying, Bishop, that's coincidental, perhaps, but let's just read the rest of the text and let the text litigate. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 6. Verse 6. Then the Lord called Samuel a second time. And then this time the Lord says his name, Samuel. So Samuel got up from his nap and he went to Eli and said, here I am because you called me. And he answered and said, I didn't say nothing to you, boy. Go lie down. Somebody said, Bishop, well, that's only two times. Well, let's let the text litigate. Next verse. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So God is trying to speak to this boy that doesn't even know that there is a God. So, okay. Next verse. And the Lord called to Samuel a third time. 
Who called him? God did. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, because you called me. Watch this. Then the man of God perceived that the Lord had called the boy. See, y'all don't like this in Denver, and I don't care nothing about it. I'm just trying to show you how to stop hearing freaky, weird voices in your head calling it God. Next verse. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel. Now, Samuel, if you, if you understand this, you said, well, Bishop, didn't you just say God doesn't use an honorable voice that often? Samuel's getting ready to take Eli's place. God had brought Samuel into Eli's house because he, he was getting ready to take Eli's place because Eli's son, if you read the story, his sons were perverse. And God said, I don't want either one of your sons. Give me somebody else. Y'all hear? Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lay down. And it shall be, watch this, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, yod hey wav for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Next verse. Now the Lord came, watch this, and then this time he stood in front of him. As he said other times, Samuel, Samuel. And let me parenthetically insert this. Then he was taught to hear. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. Now, now some of you, see, I can see Denver all over y'all's faces. I mean, that's the reason why only 10% of this state goes to church. Uh-huh. Look at here. Three times did God call Samuel because Samuel's getting ready to be raised up to be the next prophet. Y'all remember Samuel because Samuel dealt with Saul. Y'all remember him? And when God was speaking to him, his voice sounded like his man of God. Now, am I saying God has to do that? No, I'm just telling you so that when you're trying to check a voice... You have a point of reference for the voice to check. Because if you're saying you heard from God and it sounded like you, that's not him. They're going to get it one way or the other. I'm just trying to tell them. I'm just trying to tell them. <laughs> now, so what are you saying, Bishop, that your God's voice or, or God has to sound like you? If you're that dense and you didn't hear what I just said, then I want to pray for you after the worship experience. What I'm saying is, is often when God speaks, if he chooses to use an audible voice, that audible voice will sound like the man of God, God's assigned to your life. That's why we started in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. He says, and I will give you somebody to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, I could take you to a million other scriptures that don't have time. Do you understand that? So what's the bottom line to that? I just was giving you 1 Samuel. I gave that as a little freebie, okay? That was, see, you came for a mighty kid's meal, and I gave you two toys. I'm just saying. Here. Last thing, y'all all right? I borrowed more than 10 minutes. Won't you pray for me? First way God speaks, you ready? The primary way God speaks, you ready? God's word. Logos is the Greek word, just like Legos, but an O. 
L-O-G-O-S, logos. It, it is the Greek word, it is the Greek word for word, which means written word. Real quickly, go to Psalm 119, 105. Real quickly, Psalm 119, 105. But the key thing for you to understand about the previous point we were at is when God speaks to your pastor is if you come to church with expectation, I can guarantee you that you're going to get whatever the answer is to the question that you need. So what you do is you just write you a list out. Start writing all week. And they don't even have to be related to one another. <laughs> and God will ensure. He will ensure and this is some people say, well, how do you know, Bishop, who's your man of God? It's in the voice. It's in the voice. It's in the voice. And you can, and you can try other voices to only discover that those other voices can't speak the way except the one that he assigns you to. That's why when they were disputing in the scriptures, uh, the apostle Paul, he said, let me lay something clear for y'all. Because the, the church of Corinth, they were disputing. They were saying, well, some were saying, well, I'm of Apollos, which was one of the, the leaders. And then another one said, well, I'm of Paul. And Paul said, let me set all of y'all straight. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Paul said, let me set all of y'all straight. I'm the daddy around here. That's what he said. First, okay, they don't believe me. First, you got to write it down. I have time. First Corinthians chapter 4, 15. Paul said, let me just set you straight. Paul said, here it is. For though you have 10,000 head slaves. That's what that means in, in Greek. In Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you. Read the next verse. Go to the next verse. Therefore, I urge you, imitate God. No. no. What did he say? Okay, go back to Psalm 119. Just wanted you to see it. So you can understand what I'm saying is just out this book. And it'll change your life if you'll understand it. Psalm 119, 105. The primary way God speaks is through his word. That's why what do you find sometimes is one of the most difficult things to do. Can we be honest? Huh? <laughs> Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Just to read the word. And you'll find, try to find all kind of stuff to do. Be like, I didn't do it tonight, but I'm going to do 20 minutes tomorrow since I missed my time today. Isn't it interesting how you get real tired right when it's time to do that? You have plenty of energy going out to dinner. Getting another order of biscuits. Say something to me. Yeah, put in energy. But when it was time to get into the word, ooh, child. <laughs> Here it is. Your word, which the equivalent of here is written word. Watch this. It's a lamp. And if I was in the Baptist church, I'd say, I'm getting ready to drop my anchor right here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Check this out. The reason why you got to make it a priority to get into God's word. And somebody said, Bishop, well, I don't fully understand what I read sometimes. Listen, you don't understand how your car worked, but you so drove it here. You don't know nothing about what's going on in that engine, but you so... And some of you, you couldn't do it on the first thing, so you had to pray in the Holy Ghost and then get it to go. <laughs> Check it out. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Uh, in an airplane, in an airplane, if an airplane ever loses power. Now, many of us don't listen when the, when the, when the steward is, is talking, and so you don't know this, so I'm going to help you understand something. 
When you're on a plane and the plane loses power, I'm through, y'all. I'm dropping my anchor right here. When the plane loses power, they tell you there's going to be illumination down up to so you can see clearly where the aisleway is. So that while you're trying to exit and escape a potentially uh, uh, life-threatening or life-altering circumstantial situation, all you got to do is look down. All you got to do is look down and it's going to be a lamp so that you make sure you ain't stepping over somebody else and you make sure you ain't going down in the wrong place. So, so he says, his word is a lamp. I'll make sure I stay where I'm supposed to stay and do what I'm supposed to do. And then he says, it's a light to my path, which means when I have no clue what I'm supposed to do, if I look down, I'll discover the light. I dare you to high five somebody say, just look down, baby, look down. Just look down and you'll let the light lead you, baby. And when you don't even know what you're reading, somehow God will speak something through what you're reading. And all of a sudden, you'll just know that you know that you know. Now, some of you say, Bishop, where, where can I start with this? Here, here, here's where you start. I'm through. Here's where you start. Start when you're talking about reading the Bible. I've taught this before. If, if you're just getting into this thing, stop trying to be super Christian. Start with just 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> just start with that. Now, some of you say, Bishop, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm reading. But part of that is you... If you're reading the old King James Version of the Bible, I, need, I want you to upgrade. Because with the these and the thous and the thou shouts and this and that, you, you're not sure who he's talking about. So by the time you finish reading it, you're like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I thought God was saying something, and then I got all confused. So, so here's what you do. You start there. But here's what you do. In, in addition to that, as you're learning the word, and even for those of you who think you know everything there is to know about the word, as a matter of fact, especially y'all, Start with listening to the CDs. Listening to the CDs. Uh, and going through the scriptures provided through the worship experience. Do you see that? So tonight we gave you Psalm 119. We gave you Jeremiah 3. We gave you Numbers 22. We gave you Genesis chapter 19. We gave you John. So we gave you all these scriptures. Then we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3. So if you're saying, I don't know where I should read. I don't know what I should do. Just go over what we went over tonight. And then you focus on that for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come Sunday, you're going to get something fresh. And then you focus on that for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. By Wednesday night, you got something fresh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes people say, well, just start at Genesis and just read all the way through. That's nice. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. But, but the point is, is that if you want this to be a lamp, you got to know how to turn it on. And so sometimes people come up to me and say, Bishop, I was in Nahum. And I say, that's good. That's great. Um, what lamp did you get on? What, what did you get turned on? What, what did you see? So on and so forth. I say, because we wasn't in Nahum this week. So I'm not saying that's wrong to do. What I'm saying is, it's the best place to start, whether you think you're advanced or you know you're a beginner, is just start with where we were tonight. And now you've got some notes to help you explain to you what these scriptures mean. Rather than you reading it and saying, now, Balaam, now, okay, all right. Hmm. And you sitting there struggling, trying to figure stuff out. It's dangerous to operate on yourself. 
That's dangerous. In fact, in some counties, they can lock you up for practicing medicine without a license. Five ways God speaks. What's the fifth? Angelic visitation. What's the fourth? Something or someone you would not expect. What's the third? Prayer worship. That's number two. What's number one? His word. Everybody stand on your feet. Did you learn something tonight? Amen. Father, we love you and we bless you tonight. We thank you for your great presence. We thank you for your awesome presence. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our midst tonight. I pray that as the people go, Father, those that are here and those on the Internet campus, that they would go with clarity, that they would go with understanding, to clearly understand how to discern, how to hear, and how to obey your voice, Father. Tonight, as we've gone into discovering it, Father, I pray that you would discover. You would make it clear to all of us, Father, that you are a God that is not just leaving us out there trying to live life by experimentation, but you are a God that has ordained that we can live life by design. Somebody say design. You do not have to make the same mistakes you made last year. You do not have to keep going in circles. You do not have to keep repeating the same cycles in your life. When you discover the voice and when you choose to yield to the voice, I'm telling you, it changes your life. I'm telling you, it changes your life. I'm telling you, it changes your life. Tonight, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to assume because it's a midweek experience that you know Jesus. Tonight, if you're in this place and you do not know Jesus and you want to become a Christian and give your life to him, 2,000 years ago, he died for you, not just to pay the price for your sin, but so that you can have an abundant life where you got so much life that you are bringing others back to life. And tonight, if you do not know him and you've never asked him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Tonight you can do that. Secondly, if you're here and you've given your life to the Lord, but you've not been serving him, you've not been walking with him, you've not been faithful to him, I want to encourage you tonight, there is forgiveness for you. But Bishop, you don't know what I did. It does not matter. I know what he did, and I know that what he did is superior to anything you could ever do. And so tonight, if he's drawing you, if you need to become a Christian, or if he's drawing you back to him because something happened and you got off and you stopped following him, if either one of those is you, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here or online, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up wherever you are. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. Hallelujah. 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 Now, very quickly, I want everybody to say this to me. Nobody at Harvest ever stands alone. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the discovery of your voice. I thank you that I do not have to live my life by experimentation, but I can live it by design. I thank you that you've set me here for such a time as this. I thank you that my greatest days are not behind me, but they're in front of me. I've waited my whole life to get to this place. I've got great things to accomplish. I believe the Bible. 2,000 years ago, you died in my place so I can have life. If this is my first time praying this, I am a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. I declare that the remainder of this year shall show your glory. That means your goodness. I declare that your grace and that your mercy are not only following me, 
but they're going before me, preparing great things for me. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, but you'll reveal it when I discover your voice. In Jesus' name, would you give God a shout all in this place tonight, Harvest? I said, would you give him a shout all in this place? Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Get three hugs in, would you, and just tell them you need this CD. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.